I'm Nick, and to the left or right is Emery Wolf. And together we are just two camera guys. We're going to just have one of our mini episodes today where Emery somehow will manage to turn a 15 minute conversation into 45 minutes. I like that you're blaming it on me. <laughs> I like sometimes I just feel like, man, maybe I should be doing more. I've been doing this since 2000. Remember when he mentioned like, oh, I've been doing it this long. I feel like I should be further along than this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty common in this field, like people that are making content, creating things to like, um, ties into what Justin said too, where he was like, we did it in six months and we kind of leapfrogged everybody. People have been going for forever. Like depending on how you're measuring success and can affect how you feel about it. Like, it's crazy that Robbie thinks that because he's really good at what he does. He does an excellent job at it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, we talked about it at the end of Ruth's as well. I yeah. thought I would ask you if you feel like, like she's so far ahead of you. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Where, yeah. Where she's <clears throat> at, at this point, like if she does do it, it's. Yeah, it'd be a massive advantage, wouldn't it? Yeah. But I mean, I think that culture's changed, right? Like, and that's not, I don't think that's, it's not fair to do that to ourselves Mm -hmm. because like I said, with Ruth, we grew up with the Flintstones. We didn't grow up with YouTube. Yeah, that's true. That's also why when I complain about all this stuff that's changing, I'm, I've realized that it's just because I'm old. Cause, cause I grew up with the Flintstones and not YouTube. So like everything's just changing. It's not my, it's not my entertainment world anymore. It sucks for me. Um, well though, but the interesting part is like, it's not the entertainment world you grew up with, but it is my entertainment world now. Like I don't have cable. I don't watch Netflix. I really only watch YouTube. Really? Yeah. I can't remember the last, actually, I will be able to remember because I'll just like name some shows and it'll be a show that I've eventually, if you go back far enough, I'll have watched it on Netflix, but I haven't watched anything yeah. probably in a year at but, least. But even with that said, you, you started 32 years behind Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, or, or I guess hypothetically you and Ruth both started at the same time, really. Well, yeah. When I was 20 years old, I read a book on camera assisting but i didn't know what it was just like oh that sounds really cool Hmm. i i didn't read books (laughs) (laughs) if if there wasn't a documentary about it i didn't i didn't learn it what about now so there are things let me just see i just got an email on it yesterday i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but it's really good they're called they're like short reads basically where these companies or individuals will take a book and basically make the Coles notes of it. So you can read like really good books, but you don't have to read the whole book. You can kind of get the different points of it in a shorter amount of time. I don't know. They're really interesting. 
I've, have you actually read one? Because I've, I've looked at them. I've seen them. I've never bought yeah. one. Or... <clears throat> so I've read the two free ones that they come out. So the most recent one um, was Atomic Habits, where it's basically just saying, like, your environment and how you set it up really affects your results. So he's the really good example of like put apples out on his kitchen table instead of in the cupboard and suddenly you started eating apples like you know just making those little changes to your environment can affect your output right and then it's also a thing about where so from a content creator's point of view say you make the goal for chasing yesterday we want to have fifty thousand followers it's kind of an goal that you're not in control of, but you are in control of let's make a post every day. And then right, the which is what, which is exactly what Susan did, right? Is it? That's all. Awesome. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't think she made the goal that we, we wanted to have X amount of followers, but uh, posting every day, like she, she knew it was going to make us grow and we, we could see that all the time. And then, you know, all that other stuff that kind of came with it, all the comments when, you know, you have a hundred people a day telling you how great your photo is. That's a good ego boost. And you know, why, why wouldn't you want that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's smart. Like that's, um, cause I made that mistake too. And we've actually on, I think it was like February 1st with Leroy and Leroy, we switched from a results oriented goal to, uh, let's just make a video every day. Like let's release content, one piece of content every day. Hmm. It sucks. It sucks, but we'll find some good ones in there. Yeah, exactly. Well, like in what Justin said the other day too, was where just like, you, you know, you, you just make a bunch and one of them's going to stick eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And like part of the one, like with the stuff that we've been shooting, um, our best ideas happen while we're out making other ones just from seeing stuff like, yeah, it's hard to come up with ideas when you're sitting in the office. Right. So you're just out and all of a sudden you're like, this is a silly sign. We should oh, make fun of this. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, well, I feel like I could probably cut all of that into the show somewhere. <laughs> That was a good talk. I liked it. Um, it's cool. I'm really tempted to subscribe to that service, though. But the problem is, is it's like $15 of fun money a month. So I'm not sure <laughs> if I'm to go there yet. Not sure it's worth the fun money. Um, do you know what? Speaking of fun money, Nick, I'm going to segue into this. Uh one of the things I want to talk to you about is a possible purchase for myself. So there's a guy on Facebook. He is selling a 70 to 200 2.8 RF lens. RF, correct. So basically if there's a lens, my sort of like hypothetical lens scenario that I want. So I've been using this 24 for the last year. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've been putting thought into like, what, what do I want for lenses and all this stuff? And, and my kind of hypothetical lenses that I want are the, the 15 to 30, 30 or 35. Can't remember. Um, 16 to 35 or 
15 on on the rf it's 15 oh, okay um and then uh this lens the 70 to 200 and then the other one i kind of keep thinking about is the 100 to 500 so camel uh no no but i basically yeah just like so that i i, I felt like it was a better zoom range even though i lost the aperture on it mm-hmm. and because like when you're out taking photos in rural saskatchewan uh and you see a deer that deer isn't within 50 feet of you it's nope. like a football field away at least um so I, I thought like front lawn. yeah but we you do don't have your, all the time if you go and lawn. grab your camera it's not on your front no, lawn true. Right? Yeah. They, they don't hang around they're like oh you <laughs> want a picture sure but the angle's deer, weird from the yeah. deck looking down well you got to get off your, your deck <laughs> out, of, out of your house once in a while nick um but yeah like so and here's the weird part too is sort of what my plan was because i've got a 24 so that's wide mm-hmm. um i was gonna say that up. the sharpest i haven't looked at it in a while but that's one of canon's sharpest lenses isn't it that 24 uh my 24 is actually even a rokinon lens Oh, okay. Um, so it's a fully manual lens. So it's, it's kind of cheap, but it's one of the ones that like, uh, I, I kept the lens to do, uh, night photography. Cause it's one of the ones that everyone talks about as being one of the best lenses for it. Um, when in my own experience going out shooting on this lens at nighttime, it was heads and tails above anything else that I had. Nice. Uh, so I kept it specifically for that. Um, if, if the 15 to 35 ends up being better or almost as good, I'll probably get rid of it. Um, anyways, the, the 7200 was a lens I wanted to buy, but it wasn't, it was basically the last lens in the list I wanted to buy. Cause my idea was that I would go with the 100 to 500 and the six, 15 to 35, which would sort of be like that two lens kit that would be in my bag all the time unless mm-hmm. I'm doing night photography then it's the 24 and then if you know I do if I do any sort of traveling or something like that I figured the 200 to 70 because it, it's compact it's basically the same size as the 15 to 35 and uh same weight so if you travel somewhere where weight and size is an issue take that one instead right um so it comes up used on facebook the guy wants 3200 for it uh the lens to buy new i believe is 35. okay save the tax yeah like it's a couple hundred bucks off you save the tax um he's there's still 10 months warranty on it is it a good buy should i buy it how old is that lens like when did it first come out Mm, i want to say about a year and a half ago yeah, that's a good buy. Because the tax, once you get into that price range, that's so you're going to be one, two, three, fifty. So you're saving, what, five, six hundred bucks off of it for a lens that's a year and a half old. Yeah, that's good. That yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I thought as well. Uh, so yeah, last night I, I kept like writing it over my head. I didn't know. Um, I figured I needed to look at like my financial stuff to do it. So then last night I ended up staying up after the hockey game and going through like 
like how much interest like because i'm probably gonna have to take about a thousand dollars out on my uh, uh line of credit like how much interest is this going to be and i think that's going to cost me about 50 bucks in interest by the time i pay it off so um well so now that changes it though just because it's 50 dollars though if if um i would wait then if it has to go on the line of credit but here's the thing it, it's 50 dollars now or it's 500 later likely um, like even if I get that lens, say at Christmas time next year, and I get the lens on sale, it's going to be thirty four hundred dollars, which is two hundred dollars more, plus taxes, which is going to be another two hundred dollars more, so four hundred dollars. But here's the thing: so it's last on your list, which means you have time to wait, which means there'll be another used one between now and next year, and. But it gets it's kind me of a rule of mine. You never finance camera gear. That's fair. But it gets me a zoom lens now when I've been using a wide angle lens for a full year already. And your stuff's still been just fine without it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's funny you say that because I feel like this year has been like one of my best years overall for photos. <laughs> um no i think that's a thing actually you did hit on a thing that i think a lot of people in the camera like gear enthusiasts are one always wanting that one step more instead of just paying cash for everything like that thing is a good deal but it's really only a good deal if you're paying cash for it yeah um but I mean, I don't think I'd do it. I wouldn't do it. Not everything's just... only a good deal if you pay cash for it, Nick. Yeah. The The other problem I have too is, is like I said, just right now, I don't have a zoom lens. Every time I go out, I'm like, oh man, I wish I had a zoom lens. And yeah. uh, guess who has a one to 400 that they can lend you if you want to borrow it for a while. <laughs> I actually kind of <laughs> do want to. Yeah. Just borrow my one to 400. Cause like I lent I, it out to Colin for like two months and then I had it back and then yeah, I may as well lend it out to you for two months. So here's the thing with that too, is, is like, so I've, I, I, I used to have a 70 to 200, it was an F4. Um, but I sold that, uh, to move over to the RF system and I, the 100 to 500 is, is essentially that 100 to 400. And like, I was always like, I don't know. Would I actually like this lens? Is this the zoom lens I want? So it'd be a good trial for me to, to see if I, I like that 100 to 400 more than I like the, uh, the 70 to 200. Yeah. So this I've is never... a side note away from the camera stuff. Just cut this out. But it's like the financial thing is it's like you have your three to six months emergency fund. You don't borrow for purchases like that's the um, financial steps to go on. You're investing 15% into your retirement. Although you're in a tricky spot right now because you're also cash flowing your daughter's university. So that's an interesting one. Yeah, that, well, you know, it's funny you say that too. So like <clears throat> that might be done right away, right? Like, so she, she finishes her first degree this semester. So like in a month oh, wow. and then, and then I don't know 
what she's going to do in the future, like whether she she's been trying to get into vet med. I'm not sure if she's going to get in. Uh, there's a few different options that can happen for her at this point. You know, if she goes back to school, gets a master's degree or gets a, uh, gets another degree, I think is actually her better option for her just cause then she can work and put her marks towards vet school type thing. Um, so that's kind of up in the air. Not sure what's going on with that. I might have four more years of payments. I might not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's a different spot. Yeah. I would wait because once you're done cash flowing university, yeah, it's going to be a whole different world once that's yeah. done. And I would also remind you that I'm also the guy who bought a boat last year. <laughs> oh boy um no i'm not opposed to yeah dumb purchases aren't bad you just want it to be no different than let's pretend that i lit this money on fire is it going to affect me and if the answer is no then yeah go ahead and do it like that's a you know actually it's funny that was kind of my approach yesterday was like well let's look at the finance thing and see how it is. Does, does it make it rougher for the next two months? Yes. But we're recording this before the hub. I should end up having some extra cash from that as well. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of like, well, it might make it bad, but I'm going to have extra money in the next two months. Plus my taxes come in. So realistically it might not even cost me that $50 because I might get it paid off before then. Yeah. I still wouldn't do it till you have the cash. It, I mean, it means I'm, I'm living off, uh, you know, macaroni and cheese, but I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, wow. That did not go Sorry, that all got, how right. I expected it. Yeah. Nick, I thought, so I talked to my mom and dad last night about it and yeah. mom and dad were like, they're like, well, yeah, you might as well do it now and blah, blah, blah. And I, I thought for sure they were going to be like, you're an idiot. Don't spend your money you dummy and then uh and then i thought for sure nick was going to be like yeah that's a great deal <laughs> and the complete opposite has happened here yeah. now i'm confused um yeah no i've i've probably listened to too much dave ramsey lately <laughs> yeah that'll happen it, it, at least it wasn't matt ramsey <laughs> Uh, now, yeah, that's Matt Ramsey is super smart, though. That's what what um, you see when you're when you're when he's working Motion Rocket and stuff. Like that guy can handle a ton of information at once. Yeah, he was just a a good guy. It's uh, it's a little bit sad that we don't have him in the hub with us. It is. Um, Nick. The other thing I kind of wanted to talk to you about was uh, what seems to be popular right now, these NFTs, non-fungible, I believe it is, tokens. Have um, you heard of them the, or just from what I you told need you? need to put the word popular in air quotes because I've never heard of them until <laughs> you sent me a thing on it. So. <laughs> um, basically, the, the way I look at it is it's, it's a way to create, a take some sort of digital... I will call it art, even though it doesn't have to be art, 
like it could literally be a word document uh, but basically a, a digital tangible item and you can put a token with it and that token is essentially kind of like a cryptocurrency and you can also define the cryptocurrency so it's like this weird little section of it runs through ethereum right correct so you would buy ethereum um and and essentially you, you buy ethereum and what you're paying for is the fee to turn your item into this token or to have your item have the token applied to it mm -hmm. um so it doesn't really cost you anything other than that sort of startup fee which i guess is kind of expensive right now because uh the cost of ethereum and bitcoin and all that um and then and then you almost turn it into its own own little subsection of its own blockchain so uh essentially say say i was to sell a photo on it. so this token would get attached to that photo i would set it up saying like you know this is my photo um i want to sell say 10 tokens for it so you know like how there's only you can only have so many bitcoin Mm -hmm. same idea so you can only have so many tokens for this item um and you sell those tokens off now because it works with the blockchain everything's got to get you know run through the people who approve it um or the machines that approve it uh, so it's like a, a legit sale it can't be you know, it can't be a fake thing. It can't not happen. It's got all that security measures and stuff to it. And at the end of the day, whoever buys it owns this token. Now, what makes it weird is that like that token and ownership of the art, like that's what you own. So you don't own the art. So I could still take my photograph and posted on Facebook or whatever, and people could have it for free, essentially. But you have the token. And okay. that's what makes it valuable. Mm. Um, the thing I think with it, it's kind of this like weird spot, like where you're almost like creating your own value out of your stuff. But then I'm not sure if it's worth it if you are not valuable. So you take, uh, the NBA did this and they sold off video clips of stuff and people bought it for like millions of dollars or whatever, which is great for the NBA. They can do it. They have popularity. I can't do it because I don't have popularity. If I try to sell a photo, it's going to cost me, you know, all my Ethereum to do it and the return isn't going to be as large. However, yeah. over time, if it keeps reselling, one of the things you could set is a percentage that you get every single time it resells. Uh, so over time, if it sells like a bunch, you can actually make money off of that. And I actually think it's like a good investment to do it that way. And I think it would be like a good way for a guy like me to get into cryptocurrency. Hmm. Um, it's kind of like making a print of your artwork. Is that it? Uh, yeah, like, a, run? right. And, and what makes it limited is that token. Cause some, so like painters and stuff like that will say, 
this is a print of my art, but I'm only doing 10 of them. So there's only going to be a maximum of 10 of these in existence, plus the original. So there'd be like 11 of a specific painting. Yep. Is it kind of like that? It's like that in a digital form, yeah. But then the original still out there. So that's the part that kind of confuses me. Well, here's here's the weird part. Like, So digitally, you can do some different things for it. So what I've thought about doing is, uh, to me, the original is my camera raw file. Yeah. So that's ultimately what you sell, or in my mind, what you would sell is you would take a photograph, fo- fully edited or whatever, put that up and say like, you know, I'm going to sell 10 pieces of this. And, you know, those people get that 10 token, but there's one that also has the camera raw file. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how like that ownership stuff works entirely either. Cause it's not like they own it. They just own that piece of it. But I mean, it's digital art, it's replicatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're you're giving that file away at some point in time but hypothetically if someone like copies it or whatever and gives it away you should be able to track that as like fraud right mm-hmm. it's interesting i'll have to look into it a bit more it doesn't but so you you could ultimately give away your original like that cr3 file that i'm shooting now and uh and that could be the only one on the internet the tricky part of comprehending this is none of this stuff makes sense the first time you hear it. Like Bitcoin makes zero sense the first time you hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Ethereum makes like all of that stuff makes no sense the first time you hear it. So Yeah, I, yeah, I my had instinct a hard... is to say it's dumb and it's a bad idea, but <laughs> um that's it's just too early to say that, right? So you you got into Bitcoin a bit there, um, and was that dumb and a bad idea? Um, well, <laughs> it's a it's a story and what not to do basically. Um, no, it was good. Like it's it was quite fun and it was good. But you get so you when you're it's one of those things though that you have to truly understand the product and believe in it to be able to stick it out so like in bitcoin for example um uh you've got relatives in law enforcement that are telling you it's bad you know you shouldn't do it you have um people saying they don't understand you know like you have to believe in it enough and understand it more than all of the tiny little influences to mm-hmm. stick it out and keep going with it. So I, I vaguely remember telling you, Nick, that when you guys started it, it I thought you were too late. Um, looking That's back. That's the at, other thing you have to be able to, I had tons of people t- saying that tons. Uh, looking back at it. Like I, I feel like I understated that to you. <laughs> cause, cause like really you're the biggest problem. I think you guys ran into is the fact that there was all these like Bitcoin miners and like these massive miners that yeah. started when you guys were trying to do that. And they basically just knocked you out cause you were a little guy. So, well, yeah, but it was the belief. We didn't believe in it enough to persevere through it. 
and so we ended up selling everything off and you know it, it it didn't work out bad like we didn't lose money on it but we didn't get rich off of it by any means either so that's kind of how i feel like this might go for me if i dabble into it is like I, I doubt i'll get rich off of it but you know if i make a couple hundred dollars in ethereum off of like really the the big thing for me is if someone starts trading it and they're like oh this is you know kind of a a unique thing which makes it have more value and by some unknown person but it's still half decent and uh, if we keep selling this even though that price might sell by like say a dollar each time but over time if you trade it and sell it a hundred times mm -hmm. that's where that's where i can make money it's a bit of a gamble but i mean the other thing too is if i spend say a hundred dollars into ethereum to get it going like i'm out a hundred dollars oh well mm -hmm. yeah i would just from my experience on the bitcoin side of things i would educate yourself to the point where um you either decide you don't want to do it or you'll believe in it enough to not listen to all of the nonsense that people are saying to you. Or I just won't care enough and just be like, ah. Or you won't care enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there was, or you have to partner with somebody that really knows it and believing in it like more to kind of talk you down. If you're ever thinking the other side of it, of like getting out of it or something. Well, I, I think once you're in, like you would stay with the life of it, right? Because cause it's it's your physical item still. Mm -hmm. So you, even if I'm 90 years old making 10 cents off of it, I, I would still follow it, like who has the ownership of it. Do you know what else gets a little bit tricky about it with me too? Is like what happens when I die? And so like, um, and actually a lot of people don't do this, but... Uh, you know, what do you do with your work after you die? And, and mine is in my will. Am I legally allowed to do that with something I would sell on there? Yes, I'd say so. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. But it, I, I think you hit it all. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head, though. Like, you need a lawyer to figure that out, too, yeah. which is also a cost. Mm -hmm. But that's that you can do that when you're doing your will and you'll be all in for under 500 bucks and yeah, yeah. Um, the one last thing i want to talk to you about nick is a bit of a theory thing that keeps coming up all the time and it, it kind of bugs me because it comes up in a way that i don't think is appropriate um now to to appropriate's maybe not the right word but to set the stage uh, this is what happened. So I follow these photographer Facebook groups and uh, this person asked, um, do photographers need to pro post process? Um, they also, to be clear about it, because I talked to you a bit about this before, um, they also clarified that, you know, some people on, on their posts, some people had commented on her her poor post-processing which i think is a poor thing to do as a person um but uh the idea of need in the camera world there is nothing 
that is a need. It's all a choice. Um, and I always get like when people ask a question like that, there's the problem with it is, is they're asking the difference between how something looks, not, not whether you need to post process or not. Does that make sense? Um, they're basically asking like, why does someone, so take myself, if you look at my work, it's very surreal looking. Um, why does someone need to make their stuff look like that? And why doesn't it just look real? That's their argument when they're asking that stuff. And that's what bugs me. Now, is this like, I'd have to see the context of the post, right? Like, was there a person in the post? Was there uh, like, was like it a it, landscape? Was it, what was the photo of? Uh, they, they didn't give an example of their photo. They just said people have commented on their, their poor post post-processing um my argument to that is actually like one those people are commenting on how they would post process not how you would post process so that argument is dumb if they are if they are giving you something uh some positive critical encouragement like mm -hmm. hey if you did this, it might be better. You can take it for what it's worth or you can haul it. And that's what you should do with it. But to tell someone your photo's junk because your post-processing is junk, that is junk. <laughs> <laughs> now, and it does depend, like, here's, so here's a different side of it. So I had a shoot where if I'm shooting like a Leroy and Leroy, where we're just shooting five, ten videos and a day you know we're going out we're shooting tons we're turning it around very fast there's not a ton of work going into it um compared to a typical shoot my post processing isn't that great on it it doesn't look as good usually like i had a whole day shoot where i didn't do my normal checklist my black balance was off everything looked washed out everything looked weird and for that kind of stuff, it was a different world. Like it didn't really matter that much. Right. And, and that's the point I'm making as well. Um, you know, here's, here's the other thing too, is, is, uh, if you post process, who are you to judge and tell someone that that work is terrible? That's not, well, somebody could have commented on when my, when my black balance was off and yeah, said, that... Hey, you're, here's some tips for post-processing your footage. And it would have been legit. Right. That's that I would say if they're giving you exact steps, that's a positive criticism and you, you can maybe accept that. Or again, I, like I said, you have a choice to accept that or not. Does, does it matter to you to fix it? The answer might not, it might be no. Do you like it the way it is? The answer might be yes. Yeah. And that is choice. Like you'll, you will make a decision either when you're typically it's better to make the decision when you're shooting how you want it to look. But I've shot videos where I've done a very muted kind of washed out and the clients envisioned it more saturated, more contrasty. And I actually liked the end product better. Like I think that they had a really good idea and the collaboration really worked in that instance. Yeah. And like I said, good, and bad is not a matter. It's not up to other people. 
Um, so, so if you like something with saturation and someone tells you that is bad, they are wrong. And if you don't like saturation, you like it to look, I have a problem with this term, but as the eye sees it, yeah. if you like it that way and someone tells you that is bad because it's not post-processed, that is also wrong for the same reason the other thing is wrong. So their argument, and, and when they're getting into this, they're essentially arguing against themselves. Why do you need to post-process? Well, why don't you? Yeah. And I think, I think we're actually in agreement. We would just use different words. So I would say the person that's arguing and saying, um, your shot needs more saturation. I would say, instead of them saying they're wrong, I would say they're right in their mind. And yeah. the person that's saying it should be less saturated, it's way too, it's way too contrasty. It's too much saturation. The colors are bleeding. I would say they're right too. So I think we're saying the same thing. We're just using different words. Yeah, but it's up to the individual is what we're agreeing on. And and that's 100% how I would see it. And yeah, I, I think it's really sad that someone is putting this person in a spot where they feel bad because they are not post-processing. Like that's that's not the point. That's You shouldn't feel bad because you're not post-processing. If you, if you like cookies, you're going to like cookies, even though they're bad for you. Like it's... You know, it's not, it's not up to other people to decide whether you like cookies. Yeah. Um, the situation for that opinion does matter a little bit more to me. Because if somebody's saying on a landscape, uh, why are you doing this post-processing? The mountain should look natural. Is, in my mind slightly less valid of an opinion than if somebody was shooting a person and they took 25 pounds off them and made them look way skinnier. And then somebody said, why are you doing your Photoshopping on that person? They should look more natural. In my mind, that opinion seems more reasonable and valid than the first example of the mountain. Um, I'm I'm going to agree to disagree with you on that one. Uh, I I get why you're saying it. I get I get why that thought process would happen. Um, the uh, I would I would still be like when it comes to your craft. I'm kind of on the side of freedom with it. Uh, mountains you know, are people too. <laughs> yeah, mountains are people too. So so you you should be free to express yourself the way you want to on those. I mean, there there's obviously has to be some lines. Maybe that is is one of the lines. Um or if you're doing something that really alters things, um like for an example, uh I I'll do composite images, but I typically don't do a composite in the way that like people think that a composite would be done. And now does that make the image fake? Uh, going back to we, I showed the lightning photo with Justin, and mm -hmm. he talked. He he jokingly asked if I put that lightning in, um, and the answer to the lightning is no. However, that photo is still a composite, and I actually almost feel bad that I didn't say it. Like, but what was composite in it? What I put in was the church. Now the church was there. That scene is there. But what uh, we were doing, we're, I'm set up on a tripod. I'm shooting letting the thing go to catch the lightning and then i'm light painting the church with a flashlight 
And so what I composited in was one of the other shots where the light painting on the church was really well. So I cut the church out, mm -hmm. pasted in over top. And then that way I get like a better overall exposure on the church and the lightning at the same time. So it's a, it's a bit of a cheat. It's a composite. If I do a composite nine times out of 10, you'll see like in my post, I will say it's a composite. Um, that that's like maybe a case where I won't say it's a composite because that is how the scene looked. There's just one church pasted over top of another church. Mm -hmm. And mm. the only reason I composite is for that exposure value. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking back to like when HDR first came out, there was a pretty big outcry, but why does this look so surreal? I hate it. And now you don't see that very often. It almost looks more normal now, like an HDR photo. And it's, we're used to that now. So it seems, um, I'm, this just feels like one of those situations where somebody was just complaining about stuff. Kind of right. And, and, and on both sides and for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, one other point I will make about this, Nick is, Actually, it's two points. He, talking about processing and photography or videography, um, complaining about edits, you know, it's not as the eye sees it. The, the problem I have with that is because nothing, literally zero about the camera is how the eye sees it. Now it's set up to see it similar to how the eye sees it but like your your first pro problem film or your ccd is flat mm -hmm. your your eyeball has curvature that changes how you see things sony is actually working on a curved ccd for cameras which i think sounds neat because it corrects a lot of optical problems and it makes us closer to how the eye sees it but your first thing flat you, you can't possibly replicate it then you make choices well, what kind of film do you use? How do you set up your CCD? What lens do you use? Now, now this is where the problem lies, right? So why do you need post-processing? Well, why would you ever use a 70 to 200 lens? Because that's not how your eye sees it. And, yeah. and, and there's going to be all this bouquet in the background on some lenses. Well, that's not how your eye sees it. But people don't like register that. So the argument is always this like, well, I prefer things to look more real. And that's just like this soft, flaky, terrible argument. Or I prefer things to look more surreal, which is a soft, flaky, terrible argument when you are telling someone their stuff is junk. So basically what I'm saying too in that is to deny editing is to deny photography because the entire process is editing because you're making a choice about everything you are making a choice to stop and set up a, at a scene frame it and cut everything else out that's not how your eye sees it that's not reality you've all of a sudden broke up reality cool i like that let's end it right there just on a good solid depressing note <laughs> <laughs> Give, giving um, the fans what they want eh? yeah 
So we'll see everybody next time. We are just two camera guys. Thanks. See you. See you, everybody. And together we are, oh, I already said that. Ooh, and WHL alum from the PA Raiders, Leon Dreisaitl. WHL Talks comes out to Leroy and Leroy videos. Everybody's telling us how PA is the best. Really? Man is the best. Oh yeah. Because he's always uh, wearing a Warriors jersey. I've learned some interesting things. One, I couldn't find a Moose Jaw fan club. I'm just like, that's garbage, Moose Jaw. Get out of here. You are the, Moose Jaw is starting to turn into the worst fans in the league, in my opinion. <laughs> that is a little bit harsh, but they're Ouch. getting up there. And I'm like, come Ouch. on, Moose Jaw. You're, you are better than that, Moose Jaw. Uh, so this guy tried throwing shade at Regina. As, I believe the comment was like, uh, is Regina even going to notice that there's no fans? there <laughs> and and just statistically it's wrong like regina yeah. actually has one of the i think they get fans. one of the most fans in the league like yeah they're up game. there uh and i think they're the highest one in saskatchewan that's a funny You're, comment though yeah i agree 100%. like you'd make like, it no matter where the rank was that comment's coming out i i respect the guy for saying <laughs> that, right but the thing that we should be working on in my opinion is figuring out how to incorporate this into your live experience so this other person commented that uh well if you shoot raw you have to post process and then the, the next person actually said the only reason you shoot raw is to post process i'm like i'm like <laughs> yeah because it's a choice um so people don't like their quote-unquote natural look well they don't like some people's quote-unquote unnatural looks does it now become more of a creative process? Yes, you have more tools, more choices, more things to do. That's why you do it because it's a creative process. If you don't wanna do that or don't want that end of that creative process, that's fine too. Uh, but super commendable that they're trying to get everything right in at the camera. That's what yeah. everyone should and be that's, doing. And yeah, that's, yeah, I don't know. Basically you gotta be making bank, but if you're that person already, it's probably a decent fit for you. Yeah, oh yeah. You got the cash why not but I um, getting it. <laughs> neither will i do you know what else i was looking at late last night what's that the price of a new macbook oh no <laughs> i knew that I, I knew that was gonna happen i knew it i knew it <laughs>